Welcome to the I-29 Moo U Dairy Podcast. I-29 Moo University is a consortium of land-grant universities in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. This podcast covers timely news, information, and research for today's dairy industry. Welcome everybody to the dairy podcast from the I-29 Moo University. Today, uh, we've got two of us here. I'm delighted to have Jim Sulfur here with me from University of Minnesota. He's dairy specialist. My name is Fred Hall, and I'm the Iowa State University dairy specialist for Western Iowa. Welcome to the podcast, Jim. Well, welcome, Fred. Thanks for inviting me, and hopefully we'll have some informative information for listeners today. What should we be doing with high milk prices from maybe not nothing to, you know, we could add some cows. You know, the other topic, beef prices are really strong. So one of the farms I was at this week said, you know, it's maybe not, and heifer prices have gone up, but they're not atrocious yet. You know, maybe you trade in some of these low producing problem cows, uh, if you can find some heifers to maybe trade two or three of them for a nice heifer, if you can, you know, if you can find that. I don't know, have, have replacement costs gone up a lot in your area? They're, they're up, but I'm not sure they're, 2500 bucks yet yeah i don't think you know i've seen oh you read in some of the media where they two thousand dollar you know replacement cows over in wisconsin you look at california yeah they're up a little but i don't think they're consistent at that 2000 you look at pipestone which is kind of our area Mm -hmm. uh we're not seeing those kind of prices. I am, you know, seeing more guys slowing down on their culling. Uh, they've got the problem cows out. So what they're calling now, what they're telling me they're calling is these new problems that are cropping up. Uh, if they've got this cow that comes in really hot and she's not, uh, the cow they want daughters from she's going uh lame cows you know they're not spending a lot of money they're going to to town with them but high sales they've already weeded down these herds and that's why i'm thinking we'll see the culling slow up a little bit if guys have stalls, they'll probably be looking for some replacement heifers. The bottom line is I want every stall in the barn producing as much milk as I can at the $23, $24 milk or that plus base. But uh, you and I both know it's more about how much margin is in each pound of milk. And that's why I think the conversation of, you know, how do we, if we've got the forage, how do we rearrange our ration to utilize more forage? Maybe it'll bump up our solids a little bit, even if we lose a a pound or two across the tank. Are you seeing any of that? Yeah, I think that's really where we need to go. If you've got the forage, and a lot of people do, I mean, it varies a really fair amount across the area, 
But if you've got the forage, I think feed as much of that, or maybe a lot of people might have some corn too, but feed as many of the feed. And I know you, we can get into this argument, corn silage is worth a lot of money when corn is worth a lot of money. But in reality, it's in storage. I mean, it's a sunk cost right now. And so, uh, you know, you can maybe sell it to somebody, but you're not going to get really what it's worth based on the price of corn. Um, but you're right, Fred, it's all about margin. And I think we really need to kind of keep that in focus. And I've got a friend that always, she always says when margins are pretty tight that, you know, if I got a cow that looks like it might like a veterinarian, I move it down the road, especially if we've got pretty low trade-in costs, you know, and at this point, it's still not too bad. I, I guess I anticipate that heifer prices will probably go up um, fairly substantially, but I could be wrong. I mean, there's not a lot of heifers around. The other thing that may or may not help us, depending on where your hay is coming from and if you're buying it, you know, right now the U.S. is in a pretty severe drought. Not so much our areas, but you look out west and it's really, really dry. And so there's some areas that are that are dry. They may not get up the feed, so that may slow ex potential expansion in some of those areas. So I think there's always a lot of moving parts with any time. This is going on and it's always discussion is how high is milk going to go and how fast is it going to drop everybody knows that milk can drop really fast Absolutely. as fast as it goes up and i think we need to be cognizant and aware of that but you know i i don't think it will in the near future you know we've got less cows less milk per cow you look at the uk you look at new zealand uh you know almost every major milk producer in the world is down for a lot of different we reasons weather feed i just don't think unless you know we see a change in our consuming public where they can't afford all the the protein they want or the quality they want and they start having to trim back uh, and maybe then we'll see the demand reduce but at this point i i'm concentrating more on how we produce the milk you know i, I talked with a, a guy bringing in hay to the hay market and he says you know it's so dry out west where i traditionally get hay there's no hay out there to bring to the market here in Iowa. I don't know what your guys are seeing, but uh, he's looking at different sources to get hay brought up here. Yeah, I think some of the people I work with, that's, you know, they're getting hay, but their suppliers are telling them, I'll just tell you, I may not have enough for you. I mean, depending upon how good and how loyal you have been, but especially if it's Western hay. I mean, yep. I think some of the Canadian hay seems like they're, we're getting that down okay. We've got a fair amount coming from Canada. Along that same line, I think we really kind of need to remember that if your bulk tank automatically goes up by adding more cows, it may not necessarily make you more money if your costs go up faster. So I think we, we always need to be a little bit careful when we look at that, I think we really need to kind of focus on this margin piece, like you said, and it's kind of understanding your cost of production and how that might change. So I, I don't know what the answer is. I'm not sure there's a lot of necessarily answers out there, but uh, I think it really is important to look at these margins. 
as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, I've seen cost of productions on farms for 2022 cash flows that are looking at, you know, 1950 to maybe on the high side, 23. And these are pretty well managed farms. And the struggle with uh, the lender or the um, farm management instructors that are running those is, what do you put in for a feed cost? I mean, with feed costs bouncing around so much, those cost of productions are moving on a daily and weekly basis. So um, those numbers are a little bit mushy, but at current feed prices, there's not going to be a tremendous amount of margin in, in the dairy business going forward. Now, again, as we talked, if you've got the feeding inventory, your whole farm profit might be pretty good, but um, maybe the dairy enterprise may not be as profitable as we think it traditionally is with these high milk prices. And yeah. I know, Fred, you track the milk marketing kind of stuff better than me. We kind of got class four, higher than class three. Um, I don't know what, do you have any expectation or ideas of what basis is, is kind of doing? Because that's always the other wild card. We look at these futures prices, um, but the basis might not be quite there what we've had in the past. You could almost guaranteed be, you know, a fair amount above class three. We may not be seeing that. I don't know. I think that it'll moderate. I don't think it'll be what it was before. But, you know, we're not a class four area. Correct. You know, when you look at uh, California and some of the Southwest, where it's class four, they're really in a bonanza. They're a whole different situation because they have a milk class four is higher than three. I've had repeatedly the question, will that mean we are going to have big negative PPDs? And I just don't think that it's structured that when we have higher class fours, we're going to see that kind of action that we saw when class three got all the way out of whack and minus $8, $9 PPDs. I don't know. I, I've played with the numbers a little and talked to some folks, and I've not heard anyone projecting those big uh, minus PPDs. Yeah, I think it's maybe our turn to be on the kind of the low end of this milk price nationally. You know, in 2020 and 2021, class four was a lot lower than class three. And that really was good for us, but maybe not so much those class four areas. And they had a lot lower milk prices. So yeah, based on right now in futures, it looks like maybe it's our turn to not have the higher prices in some of these class four areas to a little higher milk prices. But, exactly. you know, who knows? Exactly. We had mentioned heifers a, a couple of minutes ago. And, you know, USDA is, you know, given their projections, what, 10 days ago, uh, a big deficit in the heifer inventory way down in heifers that are going to calve in 2022. Are you seeing heifer shortages in your dairyman heifer lots? You know, I don't know so much about shortages, but even now with, you know, the report that came out that there's not a lot of spare heifers around the farms I go to, there's not a lot of appetite to make extra heifers. You know, I mean, if they're going to expand, then we have the discussion. Well, we're going to have to make some heifers if that's down the road. But I'm not sure we're going to get to a point where we're going to make a lot of extra heifers. I actually, about a month or so ago, I was on a farm that this is the first Holstein farm that I've worked with personally that is using all sexed 
Holstein semen and beef semen. Jersey farms have been doing that for a while because jerseys are worth nothing. But this is the first Holstein farm that I've talked, but there's a lot of discussion on uh, how low can we put our cull rate and we don't want to make a lot of extra heifers because of course, this feed cost affects heifer cost just as much, right? I mean, you don't yep. feed your heifers on air either. Exactly. And so the cost to raise these heifers are going to be really expensive. But, you know, again, who predicts the future? But there's just not a lot of appetite to make a lot of extra heifers thinking, you know, this could be a little side enterprise for me. If heifers get to $3,000 and I can raise them for two, I can make a thousand bucks a heifer. I'm not hearing that discussion no. at all. Yeah, I don't hear that. But what I am hearing is we plan for this culling level when we were breeding cows and these heifers in the pen and now we're slowing that culling level down mm -hmm. so we'll have some extra heifers i just i've probably been on half a dozen farms in the last few weeks and talked about how many heifers have you got in the string is it less than you had three, four years ago? Is it the same? Uh, and most of them are telling me it's about the same. Uh, yeah, we are not making the same number we did five years ago. But uh, at this point, because we're culling a little less, we think we'll have heifers and maybe be able to increase a little bit. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I always tell people it's kind of an insurance policy. To me, you want to raise a few extra heifers just because it's insurance policy. You never know when, you know, I don't know, they're going to get pneumonia or you have something to go through your cows. So I, I think these little few extra heifers, but there's, as you mentioned, there's not an appetite to raise too many extras. It's just, it's just too darn expensive. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else plays into this, Jim? What else do we need to uh, talk about? How about risk management tools? Yeah, I think that's, you I mean, that's a lot more your wheelhouse in mind. But again, that, that has come up on almost every farm I've been at with these prices. And I, you know, uh, you, Fred, I'd like to hear your comment on that. But sort of my comment on the farms is that if you really think milk is going to go to 27 or $28, then make sure you use a tool that you're putting a floor on your milk price. You know, you might be paying a little bit of an extra premium for that, but then put a floor. If you think if you're really comfortable and you can sleep at night with these current prices. Um, and again, the wild card is this feed price. You almost have to lock in feed if you're going to flat out lock in milk, but that's kind of the discussion is, you know, and nobody can predict where these milk prices are at. But I, I think there's there's been a couple of farms I've been on that have never used any kind of risk management that right now are looking at dairy, DR, the DRP program. Um, you know, they all of them really have the their DMC program. But uh, there's more people really considering it because they're looking at these prices and they they go, boy, these are really good prices. And I I. I'm just afraid we could, it could drop, um, yeah. you know, pretty substantially. I think there's a couple of things that, you know, we need to really point out the DMC program margin coverage, uh, 18th is the last day we can sign up. I just think that 15 cents is the cheapest insurance policy out there. You know, if you're going to do, 
one thing, that's my recommendation is get into the FSA office and, and get, you know, 95%, get uh, $9.50, uh, get signed up. And, you know, that uh, that's an insurance policy you can't go wrong on. The other thing is, you know, we probably need to be looking at some of these uh, instead of revenue, maybe this is the time to, to watch what's happening in, you know, uh, LGM dairy, which is, you know, a, a margin. It's both sides of the equation, feed and milk. Uh, maybe it's time to go to your cooperative and see what is available to uh, get some milk sold uh, in these upcoming quarters. You know, I think rather than just focusing on what our milk price is and what we can floor it, and now's the time when there's an opportunity, you know, if corn drops uh, a buck, maybe there's an opportunity to get some purchases made or get some of your margin uh, LGM or one of these other programs, uh, some calls and puts done so that you've actually protected some margin. Uh, I'm not the, the calls and puts guy. I, I, uh, that takes a broker who does it every day. Uh, I think the RDP and uh, LGM and the margin coverage, those I think have a, a pretty widespread use, but at this point, I really think we've got to start looking at some of these other tools. Yeah. And I think um, some of the things I've been telling people is we used to, you know, by definition, black swan events are not supposed to happen very often, but they've been happening every year. And so I think if you've never used any of these protection programs, unless you're, you know, if you're under 5 million pounds and you use, use a DMC, you really are pretty well protected. Yep. But I think if you're over that, I think you've really got to be a little more strategic as we move forward, because, you know, right now it's, of course, the Russian Ukraine situation. We've had the pandemic. We've had droughts. It seems like, you know, we black swan events by definition are not supposed to happen very often, but we've been having it seems like one a year. Yeah, it seems and like we're in are, a whole flock of these. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe maybe it's not a black swan; it's a black flock of swans. But boy, it seems like every time we turn around, there's something jerking on our chain. Either it's you get whiplash, right? Yeah. And so I think unless you've got enough capital and you're well enough established, I just think you're going to have to look at something moving forward because it's just so unpredictable. And it's this is nothing new, Fred, right? Volatility exactly. has been increasing for the last 10 or 15 years. You know, it we just seems like it's higher risk now. We uh, made a change in our federal milk market order system in 2000, and it had some unintended consequences. Uh, we're looking now uh, at some upcoming hearings to you know consider other changes, and I, that'll kind of lead me in. Uh, in April, we will have Marin Bosick uh, visiting. Uh, in a webinar sponsored by I-29 uh, Moo University, uh, probably has more 
intelligence focused on these milk market orders and anyone else in the country. So as soon as we get that date and uh, times locked in, we'll let our listeners know what what's happening there. No, you're right, Fred. Last thing, I know podcasts are short and directed, but I uh, would sure like to see uh, our listeners come up to the Central Plains Dairy Expo, maybe visit with us on the 29th uh, at the Dairy Beef uh, short course, and then just kind of come to the booth and we can talk markets or feed. Uh, always enjoy the producers who stop by the booth. That's right, Fred. Very good. Any last uh, thoughts, Jim, before we close No, no, this I podcast? really don't have any. Nope, that sounds good. Very good. Well, we appreciate everybody who uh, is listening. And at this point, we'll sign off till next time. I-29 MooU is an equal opportunity provider for the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries. Go to extension dot iastate.edu forward slash diversity forward slash ext.